Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yep. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. June is Pride Month. Yes, I realize it is July, but with all the other shit going on in the world last month, Pride got lost in the shuffle, which sadly and ironically is exactly what happens to a lot of members of the LGBTQ plus community. Well, we're making amends because this week we've asked our good friend Bill Sindelar to join us to discuss his journey, Pride being difficult this year, difficult or and also different, and how we as, and how we as allies to the LGBTQ community can continue the conversation all year long. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, I'm Bryce. We're the the nobodies. Experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the nobodies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, different and difficult are very, very similar words. I was going to say, how badly do you want to redo the deep teas? I was okay with it. I felt like like I'm getting a little bit more comfortable on my toes like that. I know you handled it well, because old Bryce would have completely fallen apart. <laughs> well, I am crying internally right now, but that's, that's okay. fine. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. So how are you, Annie? I'm good. How are you? It feels so weird that I haven't seen you in person in so long, because I've been in Nebraska forever. I, did, I feel like at some point you're just going to tell me you've permanently moved back there, <laughs> and you're going to mail me your key and ask me to go ship all of your stuff to you. <laughs> oh my god there's been several times i don't even know where my keys are actually are you, I, that's a good are you coming back this week yes no i'm not coming back this week i've extended my trip further Again. just till just till the end of the month i'm gonna come remember, back and do you remember when you were gonna go to nebraska for 10 days yep <laughs> and now it's been when did you go memorial day memorial day or memorial day weekend yeah, it'll be like two months, over two months, slightly. Are you still paying rent here? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm still paying rent. I just... It's, it's not that big of a deal. I just don't want to go. I just don't feel like, I just didn't feel like I need to go. I mean, now with LA locking down again, I was just like, why, what's the point of me coming back and then like having to sit in my apartment by myself when I have basically a a, a, a home apartment down here at my parents' <laughs> I mean, what about all your Bumble dates? I know that. Is, I mean, but where, where are we going to go? Virtual. And also some <laughs> places are open if they have a patio. That's true. Okay. Well, I, I may consider it coming back early. Don't tell, don't tell me a bold-faced lie to my face. Oh, no, I know. No, I mean, I think it'll be, I, I'm excited. I mean, I was kind of like, all right, I mean, I'm ready to come back. But at the same time, <laughs> I kind of feel like it was... I don't know. I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely ready to come back, but I'm also like, what's the point of, like I said, what's the point of going, coming home and then just, you know, be by myself where I can listen, have, I, believe, have, yeah. listen I can sit here and have political conversations till the day, the day is not, I mean, the, till I'm blue in the face, let's say. <laughs> this is really, all right, all right, wait, how are you court winning? How are you court winning? Um, 
I had a really good one and now I'm kind of forgetting it. Um, I started watching the morning show. Finally. I know I got a new phone, which gave me a year free of Apple TV. So I'm finally like watching it. It's really good. It's super good. Yeah. I like it a lot. Uh, Um, what do you think of Jen Aniston? I think she did great. I think Reese Witherspoon is phenomenal in it too. Yeah. She's really good as well. Yeah. Not the same character as she was in in more her recent shows. I felt like her character in Big Little Lies and her character in Little Fires Everywhere were sort of similar. They were the same? Well, yeah. And this one was a total departure from... And they did a really good job of making both of them look young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, even though Je- they're like Jennifer Aniston, like Jennifer Aniston is, you know, fighting this ageist, which I mean, is it's not like she's, you know, super young, but like she looks great. We know <laughs> like, you think that. Okay. She looks incredible. So I don't know what they're they're like. Oh gosh, she's she's getting too old or getting well, she overcooked. Has, she, can't, she has to play older roles now at this point. Yeah, she's no spring chicken, I guess. She can't play like the mom of a high school student. Well, I guess she right. could. Yeah, she could. Still wouldn't kick her out of bed. Still I wouldn't mean, kick her out of bed. She can't play a college student. Right. She can't yeah. play a college student. But I yeah. still, like I said, I still wouldn't kick her out of bed. Well, we know that. But you also can't get her in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, touche. Getting her into God. bed is your biggest issue right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that's the problem that I yeah, have. That I exactly. Have. Um, I am current winning. I also had a good one and now I can't totally figure out exactly what I wanted to say. I will. I do think that you calling me ripped on our Instagram, like not only to me. So I posted a picture on the nobody's Instagram of me holding my nephew Porter. I know you knew, you knew this was going to happen. And Annie commented underneath that she said, you look ripped in this. And I hated saying that. <laughs> so then I naturally, as a Bryce comment, went right back and said, that's not even my good arm. Which I honestly considered logging into our Instagram account for the first time since it started and deleting the photo. <laughs> because I, I mean, of course I can't just like take a compliment. I have to take it to the 1000th degree. And this is probably going to be something we talk about on the podcast for the next six episodes. <laughs> but I want to say, I want to say thank you, first of all. And I promise that this is the only time I would bring it up. And I also want to say that I really feel like I'm making pot. We always talk about our diets and bodies and lack of confidence, not maybe a lack of confidence, but just lack of control <laughs> enthusiasm <laughs> um in our bodies and i want to say that my one of my goals coming back to nebraska because i knew i was going to be here for an extended period of time not this long but i knew i was going to be here for a while and i wanted to kind of take out the stigma because i eat really eat healthy in la and i come back to nebraska and i go hog wild like i still will stand in the mirror as i'm like eating a dessert and i'll stand in the mirror and like be like you fat little piggy fat fat pig like oink 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 you fat piggy that is 
so unhealthy. So unhealthy. But I will say that to myself um, still. However, I want to say that I've really feel like I've made, despite that, I feel like I'm making a lot of strides about kind of destigmatizing Nebraska for me. I can eat. I do like eat foods that I like, but I eat them. You know, I'm still doing all this stuff. I'm still working out. I'm still doing the protein shakes, the fire in the holes. Um, I'm doing all this stuff, but I am, I'm allowing myself to eat other things. So I'm not just, and hopefully that will translate when I get back to LA that I can be like, look, you've been, you were here for an extended period of time. Your weight didn't fluctuate like insanely, like you thought it would. It's going to be all, it's all going to be good. Just keep, you know, you can, you can eat things that maybe you didn't think you could. I hope that that's what happens. I'm happier. I'm happier too. I'm just I, happier. That doesn't surprise me. One can only be so happy when broccoli slaw makes up 75% of your diet. <laughs> it's always broccoli slaw. Because I introduced you to broccoli slaw like what, six months ago? You did. You, inter- you are the culprit. I know, but it was purely as a way to be like, here's a way to get a little bit more fiber. And you took it and made it like the base of everything you eat. It like <laughs> yeah, I mean noodles for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's first of all, not only that, broccoli saw is good on. It can be a substitute for anything. It can be a substitute for rice. It can be a substitute for noodles. It can be a substitute for. That's what I really enjoy about it because the texture According makes it to who. like broccoli slaw is not a substitution for the things that make you happy (laughs) (laughs) all right fine i okay i get it i do understand that but i'm just saying that it really does it i don't know the consistency wait the consistency is that more drinking wise texture texture texturally Texturally, um, yeah, I guess so. There he is. Hi, Bill. You guys, <laughs> you guys, we have a very special guest. Uh, that's our end of our quarantine winning, I guess, I suppose. Uh, we have a very special guest this week. Um, he is, he just got on Zoom. That's why we wanted to like actually do an introduction because last week when Annie, your brother-in-law and sister, oh. we didn't even introduce them. I know. Uh, so we wanted to say our guest this week is an equal rights activist, a Cleveland Browns super fan. And for the last 20 years, he has been warming up hundreds of live audiences in Hollywood on shows like uh, you may have heard of The Voice, World of Dance, The Connors, and The Talk. So please welcome our friend, Bill Sindelar. We left out so many things. We left really out angry. so many things. I wish we had that a round really, of applause. What are you talking I, about? That was yeah. a great introduction. That was the best introduction we've ever done on this on this podcast. That is a fact. It's very mediocre. Someone's behind you, Annie. You're about to get. Ki- oh, 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 oh! We're definitely putting that on oh. the Instagram. Go ahead. <laughs> Who, who's kissing? Who's, who's kissing Bryce? Oh, no one. <laughs> hey, my mom will come down here if you want her to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh. I want. I thought we were social distancing and well, we are, but we're this is virtual, Bill. This is we're on a computer screen. I'm really angry. You're a little bit I know you're a little bit older than us, so I just wanted to keep that in there. First off, you all of a sudden go to Nebraska and you're a 70s porn star. What is with your mustache? 
Thank what you. are you wearing? I am sporting, every, for everyone who can't see, I am sporting a mustache. I was inspired. I watched the latest Mission Impossible movie and Henry Cavill had like very short, um, he had like scruffiness and then he had like a fuller mustache. And I was like, hmm, that looks pretty good. I'm gonna say so, I'm Henry Cavill. I know, so, I know. I was gonna say, so you're Henry Cavill now. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta move on from Bradley Cooper. <laughs> For fucking real. Okay, so you guys, so if, for, for those of you guys who don't know, I met Bill uh, when we were working on the talk. Bill, I figured out that that was eight years ago, that I've known you for eight years. Holy that shit. Long? That's a long time. But I was working in the so audience sorry. department. I know. I was working in the audience department, and Bill was, of course, doing audience warm-up, which if you guys don't really know, Bill, why don't you explain to people who may not know what audience warm-up I hate these headphones. Bryce is bossy, by the way, and I know you know this. Yeah. I wanted to talk on my laptop. I'm like, I don't want to talk on my guest room. And now I have these headphones on, and I'm over here in my guest room. There's my dog. Hey, girl. I know. Um, so, I, so what do I do? I um, So my job on these shows is to uh, entertain people during commercial breaks and kind of be like the host inside of a studio. So I set up, you know, I get them ready for a show. I give them kind of permission to react um, and uh, and uh, entertain them during commercial breaks or downtime. If you see me out, please don't call me the clap guy because that sounds like I have an STD. Um, and I'm also not the audience fluffer because that's a completely different profession. So. I love that so much. Well, so. No, here's the, but this is what happens. So listen, I know. So I know we, we, we don't have forever, but like that happened to me. That's how that happened. I literally was at the Abbey and some, somebody starts yelling something and the bartender goes, hey, this woman's trying to get your attention. And I'm like, what? And I look and someone's screaming over the bars. I'm hitting on a guy. Clap guy. It's the clap guy. Oh my God. And then I had to turn to the guy and go, I really don't have like an STD. She, she was at the show today. <laughs> Well, so that Annie, that's something that I wanted to tell you. So when we, when I was working in the audience department, especially, but it was the whole time I worked at the talk. So Bill works there. It's a four day, you know, it's four days a week, four days a week. Yeah. Four, four days a week. It films. And so we have these audience members who reg come regularly because we, they do giveaways on the talk and they, people love to get free shit. So they would come, but they know, they know Bill they love Bill. They're like interacting with him. They're like, hi, Bill. Bill's like friends with them on Facebook. It's like the funniest thing because you do, you get to know these, some of these people on some of these shows because they just come all the time. So that's why some people do recognize you when you're like, it's the clap guy, even though that's not what they should be calling you. But people don't know what to call me. A lot of people think I'm the one in charge because I'm telling, you know, I'm yeah. kind of moving <laughs> they on. think you're the director. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm like, you want to see my 2008 Jeep? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, they do. They think I'm the director. But, you know, you have to have that person. It's because, you know, they you come to a show and people want to watch a show and they forget they have to watch and react because otherwise we don't need them. That was the hard thing about Dancing with the Stars was like, you know, you're watching somebody throw someone up in the air and catch them on one finger and spin them around and then throw them back up in the air. And the audience is like, I cannot believe that just happened. And in my ear, there's a British guy going, applause, 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 audience is applauding. And I'm like, it's because this magic just happened, so. Yeah, wow. I but know. Annie, you met Bill at his annual Christmas party, which I didn't attend, and I've never heard the end of. Uh, but, for good um, reason, we had a great time. We did. And it was fun, too, to listen. See, I feel so 
blessed to have followed Baker and, and, and Emily. I mean, like you went from them to me, so thank you. Um, but I loved hearing the T.O. stories, and that's oh, all I'll God. say. <laughs> Isn't my that shithead of a brother-in-law. No, well, because we also, because we had a T.O. story at my Christmas party, that's why. Oh, oh. yes, and I learned <laughs> all of that after my T.O. story. So, so they were just trying to be supportive of you, really. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, no, but, but uh, I, yeah, no, I was at Bill's Christmas party because Bill is a client of Ben's. Yes. 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 You look great. Yeah, yeah. From here up. <laughs> you look great. From here up, I look great. From here down, I look like Bryce on the golf course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. No, oh, I love that you asked me to be on the Pride episode just because you were the one talking about balls on the golf course all day yesterday. Yeah, that's true. That is. But true. Uh, trying to my party it. was fun. Your sister, yeah, I work out with Ben, and, you're, and she had to take care of him because I Christmas ailed him up. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so you're so yeah. So Bill, you're from Cleveland, Ohio. That's we have another connection. You have another connection. You're from Cleveland. You actually saw Emily at. A bar, right? I mean, you it, ran into her. But truly one of the top, like, three most embarrassing moments of my life. Well, Why? So, Tell that. Wait, no, what happened? Emily, because I was, like, going live with all of that situation. Because So Bill has a, a denim jacket, right? No, it's denim. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> he's so he's get, getting... I'll explain it to the listeners. So basically, he has a denim jacket that has Baker's, like, face painted on the back of it. Okay. <laughs> So no, no, Bill doesn't have a denim jacket. Oh. Bill has the jacket. <laughs> okay, I was thinking it was denim, but no, no, this and is. I Lionel also girl. thought that it wasn't so prominent. Like... Oh yeah. So Emily, okay, so that's Baker's face, obviously. So Emily takes <laughs> the photo and is like, "You guys, check out this dude at the bar's jacket." And this is in our, like, family group chat. So she sends us a photo of it. And all of us are like, you have to go say something. And yeah. Ben, and I don't know if ben, I think Ben knew that no, you were. No, no. No, Bryce it was me. me and goes, yes, it was you. You go, holy shit, Bill, is this you? And I'm like, oh, my God, it is me. <laughs> and on I Emily's had, Instagram. And on I Emily's had seen yes, Emily Mayfield. And I'm like. Oh my God, I am so embarrassed. Because my brother had bought me that jacket the day before for my birthday. Oh my God, that is amazing. So then she comes up to me and approaches me and I'm like, this is not how I wanted to meet you. Uh, it was so, <laughs> but it's so embarrassing. No, <laughs> it was so embarrassing it. to, well, but, but, but that's the funny thing too about this whole connection is because I had no idea that then I, I've worked out with a lot of trainers out here and all these trainers post pictures of people and it's like, oh, your squats are terrible or whatever. You're like, oh, get down. And then Br Bryce would always post these pictures and I had torn my Achilles and I needed to get back into the gym and I didn't want to go back to CrossFit. And then Bryce was posting these pictures of this trainer and him. And I was like, this guy's making Bryce work hard. And Bryce had also gotten into really good shape and everything. And then I was like, you know, this guy is, I'm like, I'm going to try him out. So my first session with him, I show up because all my gear is like Cleveland gear. It's, I'm just not in a brown shirt now. Yeah, which I'm shocked it, about. I mean, well, I was going to, but I thought that would have been too spot. Uh, so, but, uh, and then Ben looks at me and he goes, you're funny. 
And I was like, hey, we're going to be good this year because this was like last year. And he goes, uh, he goes, no, you don't know. And I'm like, what? And he goes, my sister married Baker. And I was like, no. And I was so, I was so again, another embarrassing moment in my life. No, that's incredible. <laughs> I know that was, no. that was such an amazing story. Um, I mean, like when that we, that she didn't even know it was you at the, I almost thought like, this is too. It was too perfect. Like, well, I just thought, wait a minute. I ended up sending a photo to the family after being like, check out the suit's jacket. And was like, this the jacket dude is Ben's client. And we were all like dying. It was the best. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, it's really hard to embarrass me, but it's. It's just, it's just because of my fandom for it. I mean, you know, you saw when you came to my house, Annie, all the stuff I oh, had. Yeah. So then the like, you, you meet somebody and then you're like wearing her husband's face on your back and it's like, <laughs> hey. That is, but no, I will that tell you, perspective I did not think about. <laughs> I did, so, I did think that about was, that and I love it. That's, well, that's Annie, like, what's the thing that don't you always say like, or maybe it was, maybe it's Emily or somebody that's like, if you, if you have the name, if you're, if you have the name of a, another man on the no, back, is actually, that what you say? No, it's actually Crystalia, who I have, oh, yes, but he has a joke or talked about it on his podcast or something where if you are a grown man and you wear the name of another man on your back, like as a Jersey, that man now has permission to fuck you. <laughs> well, I have some jerseys to order. Uh, <laughs> but what does it say when I have a jersey with my own name on my back? Because I do have those. There was you that, go fuck yourself. <laughs> what you can do. <laughs> those dark periods of the Browns when I was like, I cannot get any of these players' names because they're going to be gone in a year. And so I would get Sindelar across the back, and people are like, "Who's that player?" And I'm like, "He's a center, sometimes tight end." <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my god uh -oh. okay well that segues in perfectly to what we're gonna what we really want to talk to you about which is just to start i just want to start off this convo because i want to say that i feel a pretty strong connection to the lgbtq plus community is that the best way to refer i mean i'm assuming that's the best well way at the, at the like, meetings that's what we talk about that's how we, <laughs> that's how we acknowledge all the people. meetings i mean well okay but for real like i grew up in, i mean we all grew up in the midwest but i grew up in the midwest and i was for a lot of for various reasons i was teased or questioned for being gay or like in the closet when i was growing up like i had a lot of friends that were girls i was in musicals I dyed my hair once. Like, there are several things that, that could be. It could I be mean, truthfully, you're gayer than me. I'm just yeah, letting you know. Exactly. Like, really? For real. For real. I mean, there are certain things. There's just like, I just, but I just remember. Is this your coming out episode? Is this why yeah, I'm here? This is exactly why we wanted to have you on. So but I just wanted to say that I was. Here's I your remember, card. <laughs> this, is your, this is your card. I wanted to. I just remember really feeling like a. a a connection to like to people like that because I remember thinking even back then like well I'm not but wow I really don't want to be I felt even ashamed to be associated with with people that were gay which is now thinking thinking back now is like absolutely insane and to even be compared to someone that's when I and I mean it wasn't probably immediate but it was shortly after that that I thought okay I've got to be like an ally. I've got to be an ally because I, if I can feel like even just a 
twinge of what these people are feeling, like I can't, I, I mean, I cannot be like silent about this and maybe not, you know, super vocal. I wasn't super vocal, I will say either, but for someone to be judged and criticized and bullied for, you know, something that they can't control is in, especially in 2000, you know, in our day and age is insane. And like, I just read a statistic today that in 2019, it was a study done in 2019 that 120, over 120,000 suicides were said to be sexual minorities. Like that's fucking insane. And I just, I just wanted to just say that I feel like I want to, we've been talking, Bill, Annie and I have been talking a lot about Black Lives Matter and what's happening in our country and everything. And we, I want to, we want to talk to you about that too. But like, I just sort of feel like we have to be support. We, you know, we, pride kind of got lost in the shuffle. It got bogged down because of all the other stuff that were, was important. Not that it was more important, but just that that's what happened. And I feel like we just have to do the same thing that we're doing for them, which we need to be supportive. We need to find gay voices. We need to watch stories about gay people and movies and read books and stuff just the same way that we're doing with the black community. So I, I just wanted to say that to start off our conversation, but like, I want to know what your, your perspective was too, growing up what in is the Midwest piggyback as well. What you said, like, like I've, I've said this for a long time, and this is not going to be getting up on Bryce, <laughs> but if the blacks, gays, our people of color and women got together, we would run the country, One but instead we all fight each other. Yeah. So, so I would get, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, I look at a lot of, especially West Hollywood, which is a very white gay, you know, which also can have its own racism on its own. Oh my gosh, sorry, my phone was going off. It's the best. Oh my God, I was just going to ask uh, if I was insane. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I actually thought I turned it off. Um, but it's, it, that's the thing about the whole Black Lives Matters movement also is it's like, we're, it's, 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 it's one minority that should be uplifting another one, which is why, like, I was happy that when they did the march, we did a Black Lives Matter Pride march together. Because it's really, it's, I mean, you know, obviously it's more extreme on one side, but it's still the same idea and concept. And it's like, if, if everybody, if these guys, if we would all just get together, <laughs> we, could, we could change a lot of stuff. over the world. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to, the, you know, just like you're saying the stuff about the stories, you know, the same is true. Kind of, I mean, the same is kind of true for, for just a lot, for a lot of groups, women, yeah, women of color, black, I mean, everybody. So, and it's good that they're getting out there. You know, um, I growing up in the, I mean, gosh, growing up in the Midwest, uh, you know, I was in the closet. I tried to come out when I was in college and, um, when I worked, when I came to try to come out to college to this girl, I didn't know she had a crush on me. So then she told people, well, the reason why Bill doesn't like me is because he's going through something and he's gay, which threw me right back in the closet because I thought I could trust her because her best friend was gay. And then, um, then I moved out to LA and moved in with two of my friends that I didn't know were a couple. And then when we moved in together, they told me they were gay. And I was like, well, I can't live with you. I'm like, I'm not gay. And uh, I want to be an actor. And I picked up my stuff and moved back to Cleveland. <laughs> not to, that was part of the thing, but it wasn't the whole thing. Uh, oh, and I was I, like, I, I lived out here for, yeah, I lived out here for like two and a half months and then freaked out. Um, and then it's funny, the night that I moved back home, 
all of my friends, because I used to, we, there used to be a SeaWorld in Cleveland, and my friends from SeaWorld that night, uh, I had worked there for four years. We were supposed to get together, and they all b- ditched and bailed on me. And I was like, I'm going to find a gay bar. And I found a gay bar that night, and I hooked up with somebody, and that was my first time. It was I, And it's weird. I mean, it, I tell you that story, and it's weird, because it's like you just moved from L.A. because you didn't want to be something, and then you moved to Cleveland. And it was funny, because the minute I stepped off that plane in Cleveland, I was like okay, well, I'll be moving back to LA in a year. I'm like, I just need to get my shit together. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was hard, dude. I mean, I worked, I mean, you know, I, where, where I went to high school, we were like uh, 60, 40 white to black, maybe 70, 30, I feel like 60, 40. But I didn't know any Jewish people. There was one gay kid. I made fun of the gay kid, you know? <laughs> be laughing. Well, no, it's not funny. It's not funny. But, but it was hard for me though growing up because see, I didn't, I didn't want to, cause like I'm not obvious. I mean, I can yeah. do it. If, but you know, there's certain people where you look at and you're like, gay, you know, and. <laughs> well, you, you say, no, you, you know. I've heard you say that too, where you say you're not, you, it's really hard for you you're not a conventional gay guy, and so I have it's hard season for tickets to the Browns. Like, what gay guy you wants say to? You don't fit in. You act, yeah, exactly. You act like you don't fit in, though. You act like you don't fit in with the gay community. Well, I don't know if I fit in. I think I'm of a particular taste, just because I'm loud and I'm that guy all the time because I do that for a living, and that's hard for some people. And you yeah. know, uh, I, I I don't know. I I think it's. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I was so focused on work for so long and it's like, it's hard to date out here. And you know, that, that just goes back to a whole gay thing too. Cause when you're growing up, you, you know, you don't get a chance to date. I don't get it. I didn't get a chance to make the mistakes or to meet girls or guys and fall in and out of love. You know, like my first boyfriend and I we were together for almost eight years and you know, I caught him cheating on me. So then I cheated on him and then he cheated on me and it was this like we'd go on vacation and he'd be like oh I lost you and wouldn't come back that night and like went and hooked up with people it was just like mind blow you know and you look at that and you're like wow I wish I'd have made those mistakes when I was younger because then you're like eight years of your life is gone as an adult and then all of a sudden you're like 32 and you're like wow and so that that's that's one of the hard things about growing up uh, you know, and that's a really high, good point. I comfortable who you that. are. You just you don't have a lot of those lessons. You know, you don't get to go through that stuff. And it, and it might sound stupid, but when you have a normal childhood where you can actually act out on feelings or talk about your feelings, I mean, I was so suicidal growing up. I used to call suicide hotlines all the time from like tenth, eleventh, twelfth grade, and that was the hard thing too. It's like by the time I was a senior. Because I was I was way more into hip hop, rap, R and B. My groups of friends were definitely not like a lot of the popular people, and that was just because of, that's a whole other story. But like my last class, my locker was across from my class, and they would like decorate my locker with all this gay stuff. So I literally would watch people decorate my locker with signs and posters, and and like one of our wrestlers won a state championship and they put my, he, when he won, he was jumping and someone put my picture holding him. And, it, it, but like weird shit like that, where it's like, you know, I bring it up only because those are those moments that like when you're a kid, you see, and you're like, it just makes you feel smaller and you're. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something wrong. You know. Yeah. I, oh God, please. I, thought there was something wrong with me for so 
long, Ugh. you know? Yeah. They, that, because he, he wanted, wanted me to prove that I wasn't gay, and he sent her in the room for me to have sex with her. So imagine that's your what? first sexual experience with a woman. They, they got divorced. <laughs> oh, I'm shocked. So, man, I mean, like, I'm just saying, so let's, so that starts at what? That's like 20 for me. You know, and then you go into this relationship or you meet this person and then all of a sudden you wake up, you're 32 and you've had such a, those are your experiences, you know? Yeah, it is. It's hard when you don't have those formative years of getting shit faced and making mistakes in college. (laughs) Annie, wink, wink. (laughs) I mean, it is interesting because it's like you go, you do go through that phase, but it's just at a much later time. Which there's no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it, in terms of like societal pressures and things like that, that's what makes it feel so wrong. Well, and, and two, it's like when you're, when you're doing that stuff, when you're growing up, there still aren't those other extra layers of pressure. Like you're still meeting people socially, you're going to bars, you're going, uh, you're in school, there's, you're not, you're, you're going to college, but then all of a sudden, you're an adult and you're like, oh, I'm living on my own. How do I pay my bills? How do I do this? What do I do? Oh, I want to date, you know? And my job isn't the easiest for dating either. You know, I mean, I've been doing my job for like 20 years out here. Yeah. Well, LA, in general, like I cannot imagine dating in LA. Yeah. Like, Did you guys know each other? You knew, you knew T before you came out here? You guys were together before that? Yeah, we've been together almost nine years. So we met when I was living in North Carolina, which is where he's from. And then we've moved all over the country together. But um, I just cannot, because I'm 31 and I cannot imagine dating at 31 in LA. It's hard. I, I, it's, it's the quote, I I say this all the time. Everybody in LA uh, is a 10 looking for an 11 and on a good night, you're a six. Yeah. Yep. For real. And so you you just have to meet the right person kind of at the right time. You have to be in that mindset, you know. But it also, and this doesn't diminish anyone else living in LA doing something else, but also we're in entertain in the entertainment industry, it's a it's especially even harder because everyone does already have if you don't have that in LA already, you definitely have it in the You are always looking for the next best thing because you're constantly having to hustle and do, I mean, in terms of at least what we do working in production, like you're constantly having to hustle and meet people and do this stuff to get, to get further ahead. And it's like, you don't ever want to be tied down too hard, too tightly because then you're never going to advance. So it's like, there's really too many shitty. options out here too. I mean, yeah. you just, you know, you're, even when it comes to work, just in everything, you know, you go into a bar and you're like, wow, there's a hundred possibilities in here. And maybe tonight I'll be that one person. Yeah. You know, no, no, I, no that's not meant to sound true. pathetic. Oh, no, it's true. Like if I went to a gay bar in Cleveland, like there was a point where I used to go to a gay bar in Cleveland. And every time I walked in, I was like, norm. People would call me Hollywood, but they knew me. But like, I'm telling you. That's if a I, cheers I, reference, Gen Z. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, these old kids. Then and there. <laughs> we did in the meetings. We talk about uh, cheers. Uh, whatever, two and a half men. Because uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my Charlie Sheen baseball shirt. Um, but no, no, but, but, but you know, it's like uh, my friend Robbie and I always made this joke growing up. It was like, we're only going to meet guys if we moved back to Cleveland. 
because he moved to New York and I moved to LA. And anytime I went to Cleveland, I would meet like these awesome guys. And anytime he went back there, I mean, he dated a dude for like three years, you know? And it was just, wow. it's just a, it's a different vibe. It's a different mentality. It's, I don't know, you know? I mean, I yeah. think that goes for straight relationships too. I, like, I, I, I agree tell, with that. I tell Bryce all the time that he's not rich enough to have a 23 year old girlfriend. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a constant thing that gets told to me. <laughs> and that mustache screens 45-year-old girlfriend, just so you know. <laughs> you're just, I mean, you're not. My mustache is really, it, it really, this needs to be longer, and I swear it'll look good, I promise. Um, but going, talking about referencing TVs and movies, you are sincerely obsessed with the movie Love, Simon, and its TV show spinoff, Love, Victor, which is about... Both are about coming out stories about teen boys in high school. So, but you got to say- Oh, now you make me sound like the creepy old man. No, 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 you like it. I know why you like it. Tell everyone else why you like it because I know why you like it. And I think there's a really good reason behind it. But I think this is what I was saying before. It's like, I was just real quickly, I was just, I was not apprehensive to watch Love, Simon, but I was like, oh, you know, I'll get to it. It seems like I knew you loved it. And I was, but I always thought like, I wasn't going to run out to the theaters to see it. I wasn't going to, but after I watched it, I was like, the, the, just to, just to pound out my point, which is we need to start, we need more movies like this and we need to have people start watching shows like this because it is a story that needs to be told. So go ahead and tell people why you really liked the movie. No, I didn't. Uh, it was funny because I had, I didn't even know what, what it was. And Josh Dumel came on the talk and rarely like if people come on, am I like, Oh, I'm going to see this movie or you, I already knew I'd see something. And Josh Dumel came on and he talked about this movie. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a movie. I'm like, I'm going to go see it. And so I went to go see it and it basically broke me. And I came home and like wrote for three hours and just was writing everything about like growing up and how hard it was and, you know, all these experiences and things like that and all these feelings. And it was like, and I looked at it and I was like, man, I never want a kid to feel the way I did on so many of those levels growing up. And what the thing with that movie was, is I was so happy that like a, this generation had something like that because I make a joke of it, but my only reference growing up of gay guys was the police academy movie where two of the gay guys accident or two of the cops accidentally got pushed into a gay bar in an alley. And when they went into the gay bar, all the guys were wearing leather and dancing the tango. And I thought that's what gay, but that was my only time of ever seeing it in my life. So in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't relate with that. You know, and it was so weird that that was like that moment for me. But again, there weren't, they weren't making movies or stuff, you know, and you're I talking like say, in the 90s. I have been to AIDS. a gay bar where that was the scenario. <laughs> oh, it's right down the street. It's on Burbank. I know where you went. Uh, <laughs> and you're dirty. I know what's going on. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but and he but, like jumped right in too. Anybody like was like, this is my favorite place ever. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm going to be in the back by the fire. <laughs> don't take emily there um <laughs> but bryce you'd fit in with that mustache oh yeah uh, All right. but no, but no but the movie... i'm channeling freddie mercury okay <laughs> <laughs> um you know it was but it was just such it had such a positive like effect on me that i was like i rented out a theater in cleveland i actually found, went, contacted the director got in touch with them he had referred me to Fox and I rented out this theater in Cleveland, which is not, it was not that expensive, but 
the, you know, then the gay, the LBGT uh, center down there filled it up with people. And I was like, if I had one kid walk out of here feeling better about themselves, this was worth every single dollar that I spent. And so from that, like my writing partner and I, we wrote a, a kid's show, uh, like a young adult show, um, because he de- my writing partner deals a lot with like relationships and he writes a lot of young adult novels and stuff. So we came up with this show, which was, you know, he, he wrote a book where basically it's, it's a lot of my life in it uh, and everything. But um, I, I just like the, the movie and the show. It was, it's so many gay movies. And it was funny because I saw this about Love, Victor. A lot of people were saying this, a lot of gay guys. They're like, oh, well, when do they take their shirts off? Or like, do they have sex? And that's the one thing about all these gay movies that I had growing up was, you know, and I say growing up, even up to a couple of years ago, it was always about sex. It was never like, was it about- like Love, Simon was the first romantic comedy, like the first rom-com, yeah. you know, to where you could see it and you were like, wow, I could actually like, you know, romantic comedies aren't real. You know, I'm like 13 going on 30 is one of my favorite movies. I'm sorry, there's not a little packet of dust that you dust on somebody and you can be a different age, right? But you love it because it's a cute romantic comedy and you want people to be together. And so that was with Love, Simon. A lot of people kind of were bashing on it and they were like, oh, that's not real gay life. And I'm like, it's not, it's a romantic comedy. You know, it's fantasy. And that's why Love, Victor is really good too, though, because it kind of takes that fantasy away and deals with the family's relationship. And But it's also more meaningful. I mean, it's just a more meaningful, it's not like you said, it's not just about sex, which is like all romantic comedies are more meaningful because the people fall in love. They don't just have sex the whole time. So for me, I was just like, oh my God, like, this is so great. And you know, you romanticize about it and everything. You're like, man, I wish I would have had that growing up or I would have had that opportunity to like, you know, like somebody and ride carnival rides with them as stupid as that sounds. But those are those things you missed out on while I was hanging out with my friend who, we never dated, but like she was my, she wasn't technically my girlfriend, but everybody thought we were going to get married and have kids. Mm. You know, she was my girl. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, Annie, I mean, I, you saw the movie. We, I mean, I think it was, that was really, I felt like it was really good. I just watched it like right before you I went over to your house, when we went, we went over to your house for drinks that time. And I feel like that was like right when I watched it. And you're like, you guys were both like, you haven't seen it. Yeah, it was- <laughs> I think it's such a cute movie. And it's what, yeah. I mean, just to piggyback off of what you said, like the gay community is so overly sexualized. Like, you know, the stereotypes you hear and all this stuff, it's just, I think we need more of that because that's what straight people have had to look up to. It's like, we all think that life is a fairy tale because of the wrong yeah. there. And that's just not available to the gay community and that's bullshit. Oh. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I mean, and the thing about that movie too was, it, you know, so many people like, oh, it, it's a gay movie. Oh, this is a black movie because there's two leads that are black. And it just gets these labels, you know, because yes. it's like, I look at Love, Simon, I'm like, oh, well, it's not like, it's sure it's about a gay kid, but it's more about these relationships with people and, and, and the parents and how the parents deal with it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, again, it, it this. It, this all ties into everything that's going on in the country too. It's like, if you don't have a lot of stuff growing up, then you are put in this certain box and then you think things can only be a certain way. You right. know, yeah. that's kind of why I think with the gay community too, there's so much, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of, you know, uh, th- th- there's a lot of promiscuous sex and it's, that's the way they feel loved. And even if it's just for 
you know, for that short period of time, it's like, you just are like, oh, wow, I have somebody in there there. And I'm not saying it's not like that in the straight group either, but you're dealing with a bunch of people that never were even able to be in touch with their emotions till they were like adults. Right. Well, so the reason why, just uh, for people that don't know, the reason why Pride is celebrated in June is because in the early hours of June 20, this is from a CNN article, so I didn't like write this so eloquently, but the early hours of June 28, 1969, police raided the Stonewall Inn, which is a gay bar in New York's Greenwich Village, and began hauling customers outside. Tensions quickly escalated as patrons resisted arrest and a growing crowd of bystanders threw bottles and coins at the officers. New York's gay community, fed up after years of harassment by authorities, broke out in the neighborhood in neighborhood riots that went on about this article, which I thought was great. And what's what was eye-opening and it was both like obvious and like why would even have to say this, but basically they, at the very end of the article, this came from a headline that's called It's Pride Month, here's what you need to know. And Basically, it was at the end of the article, it's like, can I participate in LGBTQ plus parades or Pride Month if I'm not that? And they were like, in the article, it's like, yes, of course you can. Like, it's encouraged if you do. And it's like, how, it's like, wow, how different is that from other groups of people that are like, just complete, like the, everyone, the gay community is so open and, you know, welcoming then like that like it's just amazing that we even have to put that on anything and the other thing that's funny too is it's like it it, it, i love how everyone in in the community just got on board like with everything that's going on of like with black lives matter and stuff even though it was this all that happened like that sparked basically in the early days of june and they you didn't hear anybody be like this is celebrate us this is our month like what are you doing you can't celebrate black lives matter everybody just got on board where they needed to and it's like why can't everybody just be like that you know well all lives matter bryce that's why they're just they all <laughs> do the hell? no it's it's i mean that, that and that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning i mean it's um you know their rights are my rights too yeah, it's all the same because once they also start taking away black rights, then they take away gay rights. And I mean, look what they tried. Look what they slipped in while all this was going on. Tennessee banned gay people from adopting. Well, if your shitty straight people would stop having unprotected sex and kids they don't want, then we wouldn't be there to clean up after it. Right. Straight people. Not to be suck. <laughs> no, no. You're, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, not to be no, a dick. It's, it's true. Like, no, I like it's true though. That's. I like that you think that we're such horrible people that we would be bad parents, yet your people are the ones that are leaving them or doing whatever, you know? I have, a, I have a friend, I have two friends. They adopted one kid to get him out of the house from his parents because um, his parents were both like drug dealers and in, in and out of jail. They ended up adopting the other two brothers and uh, two brothers um, and they moved, you know, and they still let the parents see him. They come back and forth forth but you know and these kids graduated the one kid just graduated school is going going to college and you're like you know it's like right i don't know no that's amazing yeah but uh but yeah no all that uh, hey listen stonewall wouldn't have happened and gay rights probably wouldn't have happened without those uh the you know the the uh the uh uh, the drag queens and the uh you know uh just the violence and everything that happened there to the transgender community. Cause they're the ones that, st- you know, it was the black transgender community that started it all too, you know? That's a, that's so, a really good point. 
Yeah. Oh, and I think you, I mean, you guys, everybody, you should go follow Bill. Bill, what is your, what is your Instagram? It's at six BSB. Six the BSB, which stands for sixth backstreet boy. But you really do. You have been really, you've been putting out some woke, some really woke content all across the board. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed like watch, like seeing it. And, and so if you guys, if you guys do want, it's not just, it's not just about gay rights. It's you just, you're, I, I think we're all three of us on the same page. We're all very much about equality for all people. And I think that's what is really impressive about, you know, each one of us because we don't care. It doesn't matter if it's gay, black, whatever. Every, we just want, we just want everyone to be equal. Except mustache rights. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, Fuck mustache rights. All right. You know what? This is this is really going off well. Okay. A lot of people. No one has said they hated it except for you two. So well, I didn't say I hated it. I said it. Only ones that matter. That's true. That is true. Well, yeah. Bill, thanks so much for being on our podcast. I mean, it, what what a delight. And what, what a, a whirlwind. Delight. I mean, it goes by fast, doesn't it? it, has, it I mean, really. I mean, I'm just bummed that we're not we're not going to be able to go to Big Brother this year. Ugh, don't remind me. No, but what I. Are you going to say, Anna? Bill? As soon as everything opens up, let's get a table at the Abbey. I know. I'm down. We might. Well, we might as well just do it in my backyard. It's the same thing. That's true. It's actually more fun there in your backyard. I mean, we really <laughs> should. I know, right? Seriously. Well, thank okay. You. We're going to take. Oh, no. a, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You, you have more to talk about? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> hey guys, we're back. Hi again. It's just uh, Bryce and I now. Bill yeah, it's just us. Jumped off. But we we really we were just talking about how we thought how great that was. I think it was really relatable and we hope that you guys learned something from that and that you know everyone can be a little bit more tolerant of everybody moving forward. So Agreed. um so moving to our last segment, this is, uh, the, the, we really need like sound cues. There we go. This is Annie's approval. My favorite segment. Are you excited, Annie? Always. Okay. So the fir- I have three stories for you. So three headlines. The first one is um, key- in keeping with our pride theme, even though we're late, uh, better late than never. Um, Skittles ditches the rainbow to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community for pride month. So this actually happened a couple months ago, but basically the, uh, they, they, uh, released gray Skittles. Um, it, it said they cut co- or they were colorless with both the packaging and their products in for all of June saying there's only hashtag one rainbow matters during pride. So, do you approve? Um, I see what they were trying to do, but I feel like maybe donating a portion of the proceeds of Skittles to LGBTQIA groups <laughs> would maybe have been more appropriate. A bigger impact? Just a little. But also, like, the other thing is, is that what about the flavors? They're all different flavors. If the Skittles were gray and they're packed, I bet, I bet actually sales tanked. <laughs> Probably. You don't need to change it. I think what you said was perfect. Like that would be the best thing to do. 25% of sales or 25% of profits in the month of June from Skittles will be donated to LGBTQIA. Companies. Because only hashtag one rainbow matters. Yeah. <laughs> 
thought I like I appreciate the thought. The execution was very poor. <laughs> so no, I do not approve. <laughs> good, good. Okay, great. Oh wow, I thought that was I thought was gonna be I thought that was gonna be the only one that you were gonna approve of. Okay, right. so well, now just let's say I just don't approve of anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next one is Louisiana man faces charges for swimming in sporting goods store fish tank. <laughs> Police in Louisiana were able to reel in a, ma- in a man captured on video swimming through a fish tank at a sporting goods store. Kevin Wise, 26, uh, told the local news station that he plunged into an indoor aquarium at a Bass Pro Shop last week to follow through on a promise he made to followers on a social media platform get drum roll please TikTok. okay kevin <laughs> why was why did he promise that he would do that on TikTok? he said i said if i got two thousand likes i would jump in the tank and okay. i got way more than first that and all, didn't want to be a liar first of all two thousand likes mm-hmm. Reach a little higher, Kevin. Okay, Kevin, we need to have a talk about what we call standards. <laughs> and you have very low ones. Um, I don't approve of this. This is stupid. Okay, well, a video... Indiana, stop trying to be Florida. Thank you. Number number two, I do not approve of Louisiana trying to be Florida here. No. Louisiana but a video ca- are home to my favorite city in the world. Please don't be dumb. Okay, wait, there's, it gets a little bit better. A video captured by Shopper, whose name is Treasure, Treasure McGraw, showed Wise swimming through the tank before climbing out and running from the store with wet clothes. We heard a big splash and thought it was one of the fish, McGraw told the news outlet. My fiance was like, somebody's in the tank and we saw a guy swimming. First of all, that is not a great quote. But um, they, the Bass Pro Shop filed a complaint and saying it costs them money to empty out the 13,000 gallon aquarium and to clean it to clean it after he swam in it. Again, please just stop trying to be Florida. Also, don't name your kid Treasure. <laughs> there's nothing about actually there's not a single part of this story that I approve of. Enjoy. Yeah, no. Okay, here's another one. It's all bad. And here's the last one. So, uh, man ditches car, floats down river in Missouri after fleeing traffic stop, police say. First of all, I want to just say that the last article I read was from the Huffington Post. This is from Fox News. So, a man in Missouri was arrested after attempting to escape from police by floating down a river to flee a traffic stop on Friday. Said... uh, the incident unfolded around 8.30 a.m. when a 38-year-old man attempted to escape from police by floating down the Burbeus River. Um, let me see. It said the man drove through a hayfield and ditched his car Friday morning before he attempted to swim down the river. Law enforcement initially stopped. Officials said the 38-year-old man was initially stopped for driving without a license and failing to yield to law enforcement. So he decided to get in the river to not be arrested. <laughs> um, what was this man's name? 
Um, hang on, let me see if I can find him. I don't think that they identify him. Do they identify his race? Let me see. No. Okay, I'm but- gonna come in here and say that this is a wonderful example of white privilege. Yes. Because if a black man tried to jump in the river to escape cops, the ending would probably be different. Oh, it, all, it does say the man's identity was not released. Wild, who was the police officer's last name, uh, said, although it is definitely not normal, this is not the first time someone has attempted to escape by floating down a river. He said that this has happened several times before. The only thing about this story that I approve of is that the officer's last name is Wild. that's the only ray of sunshine in this whole story oh annie yo we had no approvals this time no approvals zero zero goose eggs i'm not feeling very like let things slide right now i get that so and i I, I approve i approve of that i approve of that as well (laughs) i approve of not having approvals Right, exactly. Well, that's all. That's all we got. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Well, thanks for putting together this episode. This was one oh of the ones gosh. that I truly had no idea what we were looking at. So, well, you you sort of knew, but well, I knew it was about pride, which I was obviously fully on board with. Right, um, right. I, feel like we just that, really I really let you just take it and run with it this time. Well, I just, and we both, we talked about it earlier. We just sort of felt like this was, this was overlooked and we wanted to, you know, I think it's time we put our money where our mouth is. I was going to say when Bill was talking about how he's like, he went back to Cleveland and real, like, like really got full blown. That's how I feel coming back to Nebraska, coming from LA. I'm like, all right, I'm back in Nebraska. Like I've become, I'm basically Elizabeth Warren now. Like I've become (laughs) someone I'm like a shell of who I downloaded the Biden campaign app yesterday. Honestly, I've gone, I've gone, but I get his sentiment. I'm like, I understand like going to an extreme when you're surrounded by like people that are like so opposite of what you believe in. Yes. And I think you're like, I mean, I feel like that's really sort of galvanized me into thinking like, I got to stand up for people. I've got to like start using yeah. my voice that's for good, things though. that are not just stupid shit. Yeah. So anyway, well, thanks guys. We really, really appreciate Bill coming on again. You can follow him at 6BSB on Instagram. And you, you want to, you want to take this one? No, I don't. I have no idea what the spiel is. That is okay. one thing that I have no clue. Okay, so make sure you're following us on Instagram at Nobody's Pod at Annie underscore Welk at Bryce Advice. It's the exact same um, on TikTok. Twitter is at Nobody's the Pod. Nobody's the Pod. Um, same for the personals. You can email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We hope you have a great weekend. Yes, thank you. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded in a small, crummy apartment in North Hollywood, California. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.